0: The New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Guerrilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT. Well, greetings and welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. This is episode 367. I'm your host, Paul Spain. And I'm Greg Hutana. Greg, great to have you back on the show again. Thank you, Paul. Maybe you can remind listeners where you fit into this world of technology. Well, I
1: work uh, here at Gorilla Technology, and I work as um, services manager, just make sure that our clients are
0: taken care of, and uh, assist Paul in all manner of things. Excellent, <laughs> thank you, Craig. <Greg>. You're <laughs> always always helping to keep uh, keep the world's turning and uh, and keep keep things running well here. And look, it's uh, yeah, we're coming towards the, the end of a, uh, another year, it's been uh, it's been a really good uh, good year uh, at Gorilla, um, certainly. Yeah, I guess our our role in um, in helping businesses sort of succeed through good use of technology is something where there's there's always going to be plenty of work to go around. Uh, you know, organizations always uh, need help to uh, to tune up and leverage technology better. So um, yeah, it's it's fair to say there's um, there's enough to do, isn't there? Absolutely, and I
1: think this year especially, we're excited about. The possibilities for companies that are currently still on on-prem service and the like that are wanting to move forward with their technology, and that's something we're excited about, um, you know, locally and and in the region to to be able to assist with those opportunities with with both people. So yeah, be exciting.
0: it's it's interesting, isn't it? How many uh, organisations uh, are still sort of you know held back maybe with um, older on-premise systems and uh, you know. Email, I guess, is uh, is one of the things we've been coming coming up with uh, again recently, and you know it's been some time since uh, Gorilla moved our our last uh, our last customer off having their own um, their own local email. Uh, server but yeah we see more and more organizations that are getting to the point of uh, of frustration with those old exchange servers and, and the like so um, yeah good good fun stuff uh, stuff there uh, we might chat a little bit later about uh, about Process Street if we if we have enough time but uh, let's get into uh, into the show for uh, for this episode uh, so we want to talk through a little bit of uh, entertainment uh, type tech also amazon uh, launching in the region and they've uh, they've opened their uh, doors today. Uh, Ubco and their, uh, their um, electric uh, motor bikes. I guess you would sort of generally put them in that uh, in that category. Farm bikes, is some you know, cool tech, and I've taken uh, taken that for a spin in the past. Uh, they've got some uh, some news. Um, Microsoft seem to be uh, working away on a new uh, new Surface product. Hear about Facebook and uh, Google maybe getting into a little bit of uh, um, trouble in Australia, or certainly uh, getting some um, some unwanted uh, attention uh, there. So uh, yeah, a few interesting bits and pieces to uh, to go through. So let's jump in to start with and and talk about uh, entertainment. I guess coming into sort of summer. In many ways, it's the time to get away from uh, looking at uh, looking at our screens so much and watching uh, movies and the like. But uh, also, there is that uh, that time to uh, to chill out, and watch the, the Netflix and and so on. Uh, yeah, of course, recently we've had uh, Vodafone uh, launch their new Vodafone uh, TV box, which offers access to uh, to Sky's content. And I keep getting questions around uh, around this one. So um, one of the things I guess yeah people have been a little bit confused about is what can you and can't you uh, actually record with this thing? Because traditional uh, digital video recorders, you could just hit record and it would record the content. Um, so it's worth noting that um, Vodafone do have a page up on their site that gives some clarity to what you can and can't uh, record. And TV two, uh, TV three, uh, Prime. Um and you know a bunch of the other free to air stuff you just don't actually have the option to record it at all uh, which I certainly hadn't realised uh, right at the beginning I, you know they would sort of said oh there's some content you can and can't and you know the, the talk was it was down to well, what the rights holders and, and agreements were but uh, yeah basically uh, you know a bunch of content you can't and so you know for TV3 it means you have to go to the 3 the 3Now three app to watch it on demand which means there's no skipping past the ads uh, so that's just uh, one thing to be uh, to to be aware of on um, um, on that platform, um, but the the news that we got through today is that uh, Stuff, who uh, I guess you know Fairfax, who've got Stuff.co.nz as their uh, their main news uh, site for New Zealand, they have uh, launched or they're in the process of of launching uh, a new offering called Stuff Picks, and when I heard this title. Uh, PIX, P-I-X I thought, oh, what are they doing with photos with pictures, but they're talking about pictures as in movie pictures um, Greg, what did you think when you saw that, that title, did it, Did could you think what it um, meant, and Stuff also have their, um, their, their Stuff uh, broadband uh, services as well Yeah, I think it was a little bit you know,
1: off the mark in terms of P-I-X, I I X I couldn't understand that at all, but the actual idea of the service I think is 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 really good. Yeah, because you know when they dumped video stores, there's no middle ground. Other if you miss the movie, then you have to wait for it to come out to purchase it on whatever, or and you, you know there's kind of no middle ground left there if you're not on one of these. Subscriptions, so...
0: Yeah, yeah, well, um, what they're doing... I mean, you can get most of the content that they're they're offering and basically it's a, uh, you know, pay video on demand um, service and um you know you're you're rather than the subscription video on demand, we just pay a fixed fee for the month and you 've got a whole bunch of content. this gives you that newer content uh, a little bit sooner than it 's likely to get onto netflix and 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 the like um, and in some cases it doesn 't doesn 't get to those uh, those platforms so um, yeah now they 've mentioned prices between one and 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 seven dollars each. Uh, I imagine most new release stuff will be at that seven dollar uh type price point now the uh The name that came up when I read the story and the um on on stuff and um you know uh, I guess understandable for he- the New Zealand Herald uh, not to publish anything on uh, on this one because it comes from uh, come from the competitor uh, so it was a big picture of Paddy Buckley and of course we've had Paddy on the podcast uh, many many times over the years and uh, Paddy was running Quick Flicks here uh, in New Zealand and so had a had a little bit of a chat to him about it, he said, sounded genu- genuinely excited uh, around stuff picks and uh, just reading through it, I figured this was some sort of uh, uh, there was some sort of a relationship uh, between certainly the company that owned Quickflix and uh, and stuff and um, that's this certainly is my uh, um, my my pick on it is that there's uh, there's a there's a tie up there. So I don't know quite what that means for Quickflix, uh, but I guess having the stuff brand associated with it and stuff reach. Uh, a fairly large proportion of the New Zealand population with their content. They've just got a huge uh, ability to really promote uh, this brand and and to get it out there to, uh, to lots of people and yeah, you know, the problem that Quickflix had with their, uh you know, fairly fairly similar, I'm I'm presuming uh, service. I'm not too sure what the differences are. Uh, was they just didn't have an ability to market it, and so they didn't really get to that uh, that big scale. They didn't have the uh, uh, the funding or the budget behind it to uh, to to do that. Uh, but look, the uh, the idea of um, of a new platform that uh, you know hopefully is reasonably well uh, well funded and and has lots of uh, lots of the newish release uh, movies on it, um, yeah, hopefully is 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 good for New Zealand, and because it's not tied to Apple or Google, of course, uh, you know you can pick it up across a you know, whole range of devices, um, you know, in, including um, no doubt Apple and um, Android. Uh, well, it would devices. be cool if you
1: can just you know book that movie and watch it as opposed to like you know having to wait for it to come out or whatever, and because there's, sometimes there's a great gap in time between when it was. Release when you get to see it, and by then you've lost the whole mojo of the, the you know, the the occasion, and just move on.
0: Yeah, yeah, so. it's, it's it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, there does seem to be a very clear business model around uh, release windows. And, yeah, you know, of course, the most money is to be made in that initial window when people are seeing it at a cinema. Uh, you know, I'm not sure exactly what the um, what the split is, but you imagine, uh, you know, three people go into a cinema and, and watch a movie, and we have some, you know, cheaper cinemas now uh, around the country where, you know, it might be $10 a head to watch, but it wasn't too long ago where it was quite common to pay um, 15 to 20 twenty dollars type range uh, you know per head so you know three people watching uh, watching a bit of content in, in a cinema bringing in you know 50 dollars $50 or so and then uh, you know even if the, even if the studio took I oh know. Let's say it's half that, and I have no idea. I haven't given any any thought to how that works. That's you know that's twenty five you know dollars for three people viewing it. Whereas as soon as in this context, you've cut that down uh to nearly a quarter of that uh, you know nearly a quarter of that that fee, um, and and probably less by the time you take off whatever you know um, stuff picks have in terms of running costs and and, and so on. So half of that three fifty. So it really is a a fraction. So it is important for them to have. Um, you know different different mechanisms from a business perspective. I think from uh, from a consumer perspective, we just want, you know, we hear movies out and we want to watch it and <laughs> we would prefer not to pay for it or not to pay uh, you know not not to pay uh, you know too much. And obviously once it gets to the Netflix end, the amount that the studio you know gets on average if you worked it worked out what they might land based on, on you know somebody viewing something on Netflix, you know, it's in the in the sense rather than in the in the dollars uh, at that stage, I would you know I'd imagine not that it's calculated quite like that on a on a per um, basis necessarily, but um, yeah, there's certainly a lot of a lot of economics to it, and um, that's why the you know, the headline figures we always hear about a you know what the box office pulled in on a on a big hit right, that's yeah. a big big bucks. So.
1: But uh, you know it's a gradual process because like the All Blacks making their offerings for next season to be able to purchase a game by game. Same type of thing. If you land on the right type of platforms for people like me that want to watch and it's at the right price, I don't mind paying.
0: Yeah, And and I think there's a lot of us that wouldn't actually mind paying um, paying more during the window when it's at the cinema, right? To be able to get it right now. Look, if you offer it to me the same price, I could watch it right now on release day. There'll be people there. She will be will be happy with that because they want to watch it, but they don't actually necessarily want to go out. Or it's oh, now we're paying for a babysitter and this and that, and you know other uh, other other costs come in there. So. Yeah, it's certainly uh, an evolving uh, an evolving space. Um, now, one other thing should just remind people, and this was just triggered by a Facebook um, post I, I saw by a um, uh, technologist I don't know in the in the US uh, who was asking for recommendations of what uh, movie to go and buy on uh, this is on Google Play Movies because they wanted to watch something while they're on uh, a long flight and and take it with them. And you know, of course immediately jumped to my well you don't necessarily have to go and, and buy something. You've already got a Netflix or an Amazon subscription because those allow you to take content offline. And just something, you know, worthwhile to, to think about if you've got, you know, holidays coming up and uh, you know, kids often like to have a bit of uh, something to watch and and uh, that can be quite convenient. So uh, you know, you can download a bunch of stuff onto uh, onto a tablet, uh, you know, or or a phone, and uh, those things can be can be viewed at a uh, at a later time, which is uh, is really convenient and you know something we didn't used to have. Um, you know, it wasn't too long ago we didn't have that option for that offline uh, viewing. So very handy. Uh, now talking Amazon. Uh, it's uh, Tuesday uh, evening. We're recording. And Amazon has uh, announced today uh, their um, opening of their online uh, store for, uh, for you know, sale of goods from their Australian uh, warehouses, and so you can uh, you can now jump online uh, if you're in Australia and order a yeah, whole whole range of uh, whole range of products. There's all sorts of bits bits and pieces in there uh but it's worth worth noting that uh New Zealand isn't really very well catered to to start with so pretty hard to find uh to find things that will actually ship to New Zealand so I thought, well, how am I going to find something that will ship to New Zealand and just test it out? I'll put an order through, try try something, just see how it works, how long it takes and, and, and just what that, uh, what that looks like. So I thought, well, what I'll do is I'll go for an Amazon Basics product because that's one of Amazon's own products. It's not reliant on them having some agreement they can ship it to another country and, you know, none of those sorts of hassles um, something like a, a charging cable or a network you know, cable, something for your phone, uh, maybe a phone cover. And so I uh, jumped in there, had a look, found some of these products, and they all came up with cannot or will. This product is not shipped to New Zealand. Um, so I know there's some stuff in there because other people have mentioned uh, seeing some things that will uh, ship to uh, to New Zealand. So apparently there there should be some stuff in there, but uh, but I, I didn't have any uh, any any luck with it at all. Uh, now a few things that people might be curious about is well, how does Amazon? In Australia, compared to Amazon in the US, so in the US you've got uh, the Amazon uh, Prime service which you can uh, subscribe to. I didn't see any mention of that, um, but I didn't sort of dig dig too deep. Uh, What I did see, or was able to find, was some details around their free delivery. So Amazon in the US have had free delivery for a long time on certain items where you order a certain amount of uh, uh, product. Uh, But what people tend to do is just sign up uh, for Amazon Prime, annual subscription, give you music, movies, yes, Netflix-like, and uh, and free product delivery. So pretty good. And I keep one of those going in the U.S. because I'm over there a, a few times a year. And um, uh, access to the, the Amazon streaming content is uh, is pretty handy as well. Uh, so how does it look in Australia? Well, to get that free delivery, you've got to buy Australian $49 worth of goods. Uh, and, then the, and this is exclusively for shipping within Australia. Uh, and then they talk about delivery taking three to seven business days. So um, it can be over a week. And that's for deliveries to Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, Adelaide, Canberra and Perth. Um, and then it says, along with other major cities of the regional areas of Victoria, New South Wales, and South Australia, uh, which is is yeah rather curious because that's not that's not particularly quick, is it? No, I'm, I'm quite shocked actually. I do like the fact that it could
1: could take longer than ten days for Northern Territory because <laughs> anyone who knows Australia knows Northern Territory is separate from Australia, and they. You know, it's like a different world. It's it's just a barren place. But yeah, for it to take that long, I mean, yeah. That's so they,
0: they said, yeah, seven to ten business days for all other areas. So that's yeah. Um, so maybe two weeks, and and then yeah, the note that uh, look deliveries to the remote areas. Uh, may take longer than uh, than than ten business days, so uh, very different from the u s where you know in some cases you can get same day delivery. there are some things you can get on a one hour uh, two hour type uh, delivery as this this doesn 't look particularly uh, exciting from a speed perspective, but of course they have just opened their doors as them getting started, uh, and these things may may well uh, may well vary over time so in terms of people excited
1: you know minimum purchase to then send it to a place that takes 10 days to arrive I mean
0: yeah it's it's not going to stop you uh, shopping at your local uh, retailer too much and and in fact it sort of compares with the time from ordering stuff out of uh, Asia you know ordering cables and bits and pieces on eBay and uh, you know a lot of those things they're just they're freight free to start with you can order a a cable on ebay or um aliexpress and so on for uh, you know sometimes i wonder for, paul for if, if it's not like reverse fees.
1: marketing in the sense that it arrives in two days and everyone's staggered by it. you know i mean it could potentially be that they, they they put in there the longest period they expect it to take and then the customer gets excited when it arrives early i don't know i, I mean it mm. just seems like a long time
0: yeah yeah well we will uh we'll wait wait to see what the reality of it is i mean they really have just just opened their doors uh and we have also heard that the amazon echo which is their uh, their voice assistant uh speaker uh technology. This will be coming to New Zealand early 2018. So, uh, so you know, finally they're coming on board. Of course, uh, Google Home available here, and uh, you know, Apple uh, coming here with their uh, their voice assistant at some stage. Although I think that's been uh, been delayed. Uh, It was due around uh, around now. So yeah, things are slowly, uh, slowly moving ahead. Uh, no word from uh, from Microsoft on uh, an, an official full Cortana for New Zealand, although not too hard to get it uh, working uh, in New Zealand at this stage. Now on to ABCO. Um, now Ubco was the uh, the electric sort of. It was sort of a cross between a bicycle and a motorbike. Um, and yeah, you know, it was referred to in that sort of e-cycle type uh, uh, context when it first came through. Uh, this is a yeah, pretty cool product, and it's and it's come out of uh, uh, New Zealand, by Plenty area, if I recall correctly, and uh, they've they've gone out and know, um, yeah, they've they've developed this from their uh, their first version. And I think you know they're very um, they're very excited around where they can take it. They've spent the last uh, year getting this developed so it can be used on the road as well as as in the uh, off road sort of farm bike type uh, type scenarios. Um, and they've gone out and uh, you know raised a, a, a chunk of money, and I think they've had a bit of government uh, you know funding there for their research and development uh, too. But it sounds like quite a few hoops to uh, to jump through, but uh, but they're under uh, underway and um, you know working on uh, on getting um, what they're calling a, a utility electric vehicle. Um, yeah, out to uh, out to a bigger market, and this is quite a cool uh, bike. I mean, it does look sort of very um, you know farm bike sort of like, uh, but you've got a, a battery in there that can do um, I think between sort of sixty and one hundred and twenty uh, kilometer uh, range, depending on uh, depending on what you're doing uh, with it, something uh, like that. And uh, of course, being um, uh, electric, it's uh, it's you know very very quiet. Um, but uh, definitely uh, definitely you know fun to ride and uh, yeah, I wish them all the, the best and it'll be, uh, it 'll be curious to see how this goes as a as a business uh, venture you know you don 't uh, you don 't think too much of New Zealand as being a place where uh, we produce uh, vehicles and export them to the world but um, Look, I think there's opportunities for everything these days, isn't it? You know, we're we're doing space explore, uh, well, not space exploration, but uh, you know, um, we're a rocket lab. They're uh, um, you know working on sending uh, satellites up to space. So, um, you know, why yeah, uh, why can't this work? And it looks very much like a quality.
1: You know, it's not, it doesn't look junky at all. It looks real, real robust, and it's obviously designed to be that way. I mean, on my trip to China recently so many electric bikes on the road and I mean you know if you can crack a market like that and actually bring something to market I mean the potential is just enormous Uh, because they've restructured a lot of their roads to have a separate area for these particular units the electric bikes and the electric scooters and what have you Um, it's all geared up and prepped for it so you know they're they're going hard at it so Mm. I think yeah the fact that it's out of New Zealand fantastic and and if they offer a good product that the world
0: likes, then away you go. Yeah, well, I guess it, it, it's all about you know bringing um, you know good, smart, ingenious ideas uh, to the table, uh, doing something different from what's being uh, being done out elsewhere. Uh, and getting the marketing uh, the marketing piece right, and yeah, uh, you know, if they can line all those things up, then away they go. But you know, as you say, there's already lots of electric bikes um, out there, and you know, I saw them too. Um, some, you know, maybe even somewhat sort of similar designs to uh, uh, to this, but they were being used to carry sort of goods around the likes of Shanghai. Uh, and uh, yeah, they need to be pretty uh, pretty solid, robust uh, bikes to be able to do that. And this one, you know, certainly looks uh, looks looks really.
1: Solid too. I think also, Paul, and for our listeners, you know, New Zealand, if you go forward 10, 15 years, you know, having an electric bike on a farm could be a part of your green package as a farmer and, and put you into a particular status or tax break, even. We just don't know what the future looks like. But anything that reduces emissions, I think, will be of a benefit to not just the environment, but also, you know, possibly economically for the farmer or for the whole community. So I, I don't see any downside to it whatsoever. Fantastic.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, let, let's see how it, how it goes, and we'll certainly be you know curious to hear from uh, any of our listeners who um, you know are in rural New Zealand, or whether it's uh, you know farming or uh, other areas where they, they might be able to utilise uh, the ABCo uh, technology. i would be you know, curious to uh, to hear thoughts. And um, yeah, always encourage the feedback. So. Uh, Let's see where that goes, Um, and of course, you know these bikes. You got smartphone hookups and all that sort of stuff, and a USB charger. So you can actually, you know, charge like you would in a in a vehicle. I mean, it's very very handy. Uh, and they're going to be next releasing a sort of a standalone battery as well that can be used for, uh, you know, other other things, powering tools and the like. From um, uh, from from what I've heard. So and yeah. I, and I think anyone who's th- oh I see all those
1: people along the motorway, the Western Motorway, and other places riding these e-bikes. I ride an
0: e-bike, and it's not so scary. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, now there's, uh, there's been a report that uh, Microsoft are working on their next uh, next generation of um on, of Surface devices and of course we we know the uh, the, the Surface uh, products actually I've uh, jumped onto the uh, the Surface Pro uh, five um, again recently and have and have been uh, using it I'm using it uh, right now and um, yeah we've heard that Microsoft are going to be releasing uh, a new device. Um, that apparently, um, will have two screens that, uh, that fold over, um, and, uh, there's, there's, um, also, yeah, so that's uh, that's been been rumoured a little while back, but uh, now it's uh, it's coming coming through, and I think we originally heard about that stuff. Um, the idea of a kind of a uh, a little, uh, you know, um, like a little notebook folio. Uh, type thing that you would write on uh, you know quite a few years ago with microsoft 's uh, courier project that got uh, shut down and uh, and and never eventuated so it 'll be interesting to see what comes of that uh, but the other thing uh, apparently they 're working on is a um, uh, a surface device that uses the uh, the ARM chips, and when we look at Microsoft Surface devices uh, today, they run the the Intel chips, which are standard in, in laptops and PCs. The ARM chips, of course, are common in smartphones, iPhones, and Android phones, and uh, and and in tablets too. Uh, but they have some real uh, real benefits from a uh, low energy consumption perspective and uh, and the like. So um, yeah, Microsoft had a, a a job posting of uh, looking for an engineer with uh, uh, mobile or LTE experience um, uh, with Qualcomm's uh, Snapdragon 845 chips here which is their upcoming uh, uh, chipset so that seems to suggest Microsoft are possibly um, working on on something down that track and apparently uh, this is a role within uh, within their uh, their Surface team so it'll be curious to see what uh, what Microsoft have got up their their uh, sleeve certainly the uh, the Surface uh, Pro products and their other Surface products are very nice products Uh, they seem to have got through uh, the certainly the the bulk of the the Technical issues they had with unreliability of their Surface products—they they generally, you know, I think have ironed those things out with their docking um, uh, docking stations and um, and so on. So, uh, yeah, I, th- I think this could be uh, could be quite positive. Whether they'll pull something out of the hat that's and you know really cutting edge and innovative, I, I don't know. Whether it'll just be a, a refresh—they um, have tried using these ARM chips uh, before with their Surface RT product that was. Pretty much a uh, a flop, uh, but this next generation, uh, in theory, should be able to run the uh, the same standard apps that people run on their laptops and uh, and and desktops, their normal Windows um, uh, apps, uh, even though they're not using the Intel chips. So that will be will be one to watch, and uh, uh, no doubt it won't be. Uh, won't probably be too long before we hear once these things start leaking out it's not usually a, a million miles away before the uh, the products hit the ground is it?
1: Well it seems to be very quiet at the moment doesn't it I mean it's a bit of a lull you know the iPhone X came out and this and that and then suddenly we're in no man's land again it's a bit like cycles with decent movies hitting the cinemas it's like you have these amazing movies coming and then they're nothing for so there's certainly opportunity for somebody to bring something out and do something in the marketplace that Currently, seems very quiet to me.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I think yeah, we certainly get the the ups and downs, but um, yeah, it's not not a common for the So many things released, you can't really stay uh, on top of it, right? Um, now, looking to Australia, um, comp- the uh, competition uh, regulator in Australia um, has said they're going to investigate um, what's going on with um, Facebook. And Google, because um, of the disruption that they've caused to the news media um, market, and you know what impact that is uh, uh, is causing, because they control so much now of uh, the world's uh, advertising, um, and that makes it uh, makes it very very hard for uh, uh, for other uh, organisations, and is you know is really causing uh, um, you know. Quite a quite a big impact. So they're having having a lot to um, to try and work out exactly what this influence actually uh, means in Australia and whether you know they need to take some uh, action in some way. So this will be a you know a, a, a curious one to uh, um, to follow because you know we do see we see these huge organisations, global organisations that are causing lots of disruption. And we haven't necessarily figured out well what is the right, what are the right uh, regulatory structures? What are the things that uh, should be put up in terms of rules for how um, how these companies and organisations work? And often they uh, they they are leveraging off. Um, other other people, and certainly you look at uh, Google News. Well, that's pulling through all the content that everyone else has done. Yeah, Google didn't uh, didn't generally make any of the, that content, but uh, but they're able to create what looks like the you know sort of a front page of a um, of a news site. And uh, yeah, it's thanks but to you thanks you to get everyone the feeling else. Feeling
1: that the media's done it to itself in many regards because it went away from. You know what would have been called traditional, me. You know, reporting of a story, which would you know you did some work on to actually find some facts to powder puff, and then of course these guys do it much better because they got a much better audience, and 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 you know they've got access to that audience, so they don't even need to do anything other than place it up there. Um, so, you know, it's kind of it's a merry go round. They've kind of created the situation which now somebody else can use to their benefit and. What are they going to go back to telling good news again, or you know, actual, you know, reported news? I don't know if they can go back to that, and I don't know how they can
0: rescue this. Well, there are challenges economically, aren't there? Oh, of so, um, and and you know, this was the discussion. Um, yeah, you had um, yeah with uh, yeah with a few uh, news news people uh, recently, um, and uh, you yeah, Mark Jennings used to be head of news at uh, MediaWorks T V. TV3 and now with uh, Newsroom, uh, yeah, it was interesting having uh, having some discussion uh, with, with him. Uh, he was on this recent ch- trip I made to uh, China and uh, Tristram Clayton as well. Sort of you know talking around how how these sort of things um, you know fit together, and yeah, I guess you know, Tristram was sort of highlighting. He he works for uh, uh, for NZME and the New Zealand Herald. And, uh, you know, of course, we we think of some of these platforms, uh, we judge them by their sort of clickbait type uh, content, uh, which they use to to try and, um, you know, monetize as as easily as possible with an audience, sort of lowest common denominator stuff. Uh, But, you know, he was highlighting. look, they've actually got some really great stuff, but... To a degree, um, some of some of uh, it's you know the the clickbait click sort of funds some of the better journalism, and I was looking at some content on uh, on uh, on stuff over the weekend that somebody shared with me around uh, Kai Cola and uh, the the rebuild. Uh, of the uh, the roading and you know transport systems uh, down there which was very very good and uh, yeah we got we got talking about that uh, over the weekend and you know it's a, a similar thing they've actually put together some really good content but whether that content in itself actually pays for itself, it might be being paid for by the you know, article about the Kardashians or whatever the, the flavour of the month is, uh, is this week. Um, and um, I haven't heard too much about them recently, so that's actually probably a good thing. We haven't seen too many headlines. I think it's moved on to... Um, uh, particular um the actor couple, and the, or the, the, something at the and, moment, uh, yeah <laughs> meghan markle and um <laughs> so on so uh, there there we, there we go um but i remember waking up one day paul and 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 the
1: newspaper cover had been replaced by by whatever somebody paid whoever to put their story on the front page instead of the actual front page news and it was like the changing of the guard at that point only problem is for them now is that Google and the likes can do it on steroids so of course where do they go mm. I don't know yeah and that's that's yeah. the that's the challenge mm. so mm. you know there certainly was a change in in the media across the board and then now they're struggling because
0: that next change has come along
1: and are they getting left behind potentially yes
0: and, and I think our expectations are, are changing too you know here uh, in New Zealand you know Sky's been around for a you know reasonably long period, but there'll be many listeners who remember a world that was pre-Sky, there was no pay TV, and uh, look, you know, other than I think it was Sundays and, you know, certain sort of Christmas day and whatnot, uh, there was always advertising and that was just part and parcel. You got used to it cause it was what you got used to with uh, most most radio other than, uh, you know, pub- public radio. Uh, but, you know, we've got to this point where actually we we don't like ads at all anymore, the patience for them and so on. Uh, you know, and in a lot of, lot of cases, um, you know, I'm putting up my hand here. Uh, we, we just, you know, can't be bothered with that. Stuff anymore, so um, you know there are new models evolving to uh, to address that with, with what we view, and uh, you know certain web content does different you know, different approaches to uh, advertising. Podcasters have their own you know approach how they uh, monetize and uh, and fund what they uh, what what they do. And so, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's certainly something that I don't think we've kind of got to the end of exactly what this needs to look like, what's right, what's fair from a, a business perspective so you can pay for this stuff and, and what's ideal for a consumer. We are starting to see, I think, more of the, uh, what they often call sort of native advertising, um, and, you know, content that's, um, you know, where you've got brands are featured inside a program. And yeah you know, I think some people would actually be comfortable with that if it got rid of the just the jolting ads that that you know cause a program to you know like on live t v um or on the on demand uh, stuff where the ads are inserted if that content was sort of you know. Somewhat subtly or, or tidily put inside the program, rather than actually having to stop and watch a, a minute or two or three or how many minutes worth of ads you get uh, shoved down their throat, or have the option of paying. But of course, you've you've got to kind of cater to uh, to everyone, don't you?
1: And it's interesting. We watch um, American football on Sky, and the only program you can't watch is the actual live one. Because there's so many ads that the game takes about four hours. So we watch the repeat of the game without all the ads, and it's so much more enjoyable. So, you know, the poor suckers that sit through the ads, you know, are you kidding? That's, yeah. it's, it's terrible. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think, yeah, I think they're in for a tough, tough fact to try and correct that market in Australia for their media. I don't see how they can do
0: it, but hey. Well, yeah, I think it's 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 important that these things get looked at from from all perspectives, isn't it? And you know, that's the thing that uh, that that pleases me is there's at least some consideration. Now, you know how well Australia will uh, will handle it when you look at other uh, you know other things like their uh, competition to the or their their version of the ultrafast broadband initiative we have here with the uh, with the NBN and what a shambles that is. Uh, maybe this is something that they 'll figure some stuff out and teach the uh teach the rest of the world uh, how to do it uh but you know it does does concern me that we do work out the models that are going to be right long term you can't just have go global players that you know control everything and then don't pay tax in individual countries that's uh you know that that's a problem that's the problem really isn't it yeah if we all play our part then you don't mind but yeah. So yeah, I think you know there are there are certainly some sort of societal uh, you know ch- challenges ahead, a, a uh, and um, you know the the, the 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 globalisation, but with companies that are you know really they're, they're generally owned from uh, from one lo- location. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's that's a problem. So yeah, now I wanted to talk a couple of other things um, quickly, and uh, we're not going to go uh, too much longer, but i was in uh, I was in Christchurch over the last few days and nice. um, um listeners may be wondering uh uh well you know what's Paul up to in Christchurch and someone will, will know I have uh, family down there um so I was doing a little bit of investigation uh, on whether uh, there would be a market there for some of Gorilla technology services. So, uh, so that was, uh, that was that was um, you know, that was fun, and you know had some good meetings and and, and so on. Uh, and it's not something that we've uh, uh, got anything to announce or you know made up uh, um, uh, our mind on exactly uh, what that uh, might look like in the future. Although I will say, if there is anybody uh, listening wherever you are in the country I think oh um, yeah gorillas is a country a company I f- you know find very interesting uh, maybe you have a local IT company and you're think well could we uh, you know partner up with a um, a, 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 a company uh, such as gorilla uh, to be a, a branch of in a particular area or, or people that are uh, maybe uh, um, looking to join a firm like gorilla then certainly uh, you know get get in touch um, you know we're, we're really just at this stage Evaluating what the possibilities are for the next stage of of guerrilla over the next few years ahead, um, but one of the things that I enjoyed is what uh, what B and Z have been uh, doing, and uh, you know Christchurch, of course, is uh, you, you go down there and there's there's still a you know a bit of ruins to uh, uh, to see the you know the aftermath um, you know of the uh, 2010 2011 uh, earthquakes and. Um, so there's that aspect, but then there's all the new work going on, and there's so much there's so much in terms of new buildings now, and uh, you know a lot of stuff is starting to open, and it's it's really pleasing to see that. Uh, and BNZ have got their BNZ centre in the um, um, in the city up up and running. And so I wanted to go and check out the um, the co working space they had because they've done something I've, I haven't heard of before, um, which is they've opened a co working space in the in the, in the CBD. Um, you walk into where they've got a little branch, and then um, they've also in there got meeting rooms that anyone can book. You don't even have to be a customer, uh, and desks that you can book, so you can go in there and and you know find some space to work at. And uh, look, this is available all, all for free. Now, you know, I did wonder, well, how's this going to work where, you know, people are, are paying to be part of uh, other co-working spaces and would they leave those to go? And, of course, it's not a, it's not a huge space. Uh, so if there was a huge influx of people, suddenly it wouldn't work anymore and they'd have to change how they do it, whether it would be limiting it just to BNZ customers or whether, you know, they limit how often you could use the facilities. But, uh, uh, but you know, for me, I... I'd booked some weeks in advance cuz I knew I was going down and uh look it was it was really nice they've got a really cool uh, uh facility down there and um yeah very um uh very helpful uh you know in terms of their their service and uh uh you know screens set up so you can uh you know project onto a meeting room and uh, um, yeah you can do uh whiteboarding or um they do it on 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 uh, on a big roll of uh of brown paper which is uh is good um yeah very very cool very cool and that's kind of using their
1: noggin to advertise in a different format right like we were talking about before there's ways that people will engage with and be quite excited about and then there's other ways that are just horrible so you know that's a way if you' are not a being said member and you you're able to use that space once or you know, a couple of times a year suddenly you're like but my bank's not offering me this. Yeah, you, know, and then you, they're you seeds start, you start to and think like... And well, you start to wonder, you know, yeah. what else are they doing that but you know, that nobody else is doing? And, you know, that's cool. I like that stuff. Yeah,
0: well, certainly, you know, it's going kind of to attract the tension of startups. So it uh, will be curious to see whether this, this, you know, trial for them works out and they decide to, you know, if they decide to do it elsewhere uh, in the country. Um so, you know, good on uh, good on um you know B and Z uh, and and their team, uh, Harry Ferreira who who heads up that small business side for uh, you know for that initiative, I think it's uh, um it's very cool. Um, and yeah, it, it gives them some credibility with the the you know the startup community, the tech startups and so on. When you when you're doing something like that to uh, to serve the community, uh, great place to to network as well. Um, I wandered in there reasonably late on uh, on on Friday uh, in the afternoon. I think they run from uh, eight th- eight thirty till uh, till four thirty or, or nine till four thirty, um, and um, I'd ended up getting tied up with some other meetings and uh, bits and pieces that had, that had come up. So one of the challenges for them will be people like me that, you know, maybe, oh, you know, uh, look, I can't make it. And, you know, they end up with spaces not utilised, so that'll be something that they would probably have to uh, uh, deal with. But it was very nice, and they were you know, having a bit of a gathering there and came and, you know, offered me a beer and snacks and everything so uh, it was very cool the um, the meeting that I had uh, set up was a Skype meeting so I needed to go into a quiet meeting room to uh, uh, to do it and uh, the guys that I was meeting with were in another other, you know, other uh, time zones and uh, yeah they were they were a little bit surprised I like, Oh, you know they're not used to me turning up uh, uh, to one of these meetings and, and having a beer in my hand so uh, yeah I had to uh, had to explain what was uh, what was going on yeah.
1: Yes, i don't i don't allow to turn out to most meetings with a bear in his hand <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so uh, yeah no it was it was very good now the other thing and um, we may have mentioned this this in the past with BNZ but they all, also for their uh, for the next sort of size up of customers they call them the BNZ partners and uh, they tend to be organizations or you know, companies that are you know, over somewhere over a million dollars and 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 turnover. I'm not not sure exactly how they you know how they judge these things, but um, with with that, and we've used those facilities before because they have them in Auckland. We use their meeting rooms sometimes. Um, they had an incredible setup there in Christchurch. So, um, and what you've got at the moment, they've set all these facilities up for the future. But of course, they're not being heavily utilised yet. Uh, so, I was sort of able to go in and you know just had the run of run of their uh, their BNZ partner uh, centre, just having a little bit of a look around because there w- there weren't um, there was there was a huge number of uh, of meetings taking place, but some you know stunning meeting rooms set up with. You know high end uh video conferencing uh systems multi screens and you know cisco camera gear and uh and whatnot so a really impressive facility there so um yeah it doesn't just cater to those really small businesses and, you know startup type folks i think you know one of the meeting rooms would have taken probably sixteen people uh was yeah there was a that was a big room so uh yeah yeah so very uh very nice so yeah great great to see uh great to see those uh, those facilities also got to um, see a couple of businesses that are just using um, some some of the uh, you know, I guess what would you call them 3 um, d printer is not the right term I'm looking for um, uh, CNC machine, so uh, business that was using a CNC machine to uh, uh, basically um, you know cut wood and cut out different shapes and do you know writing on on these components. This was uh, um, actually at uh, a business that my brothers uh, involved in called uh, called clip and climb. They export climbing walls all around the world They're designed here uh, in New Zealand. And uh, yeah, it was just really cool to see the way they were they were using these uh, uh, CNC machines or sort of you know computer controlled uh, lathes basically mm-hmm. to uh, uh, put things together really nice. And then um, another organisation um, that I visited, they were also working with wood, but it was a laser cutter, so it was able to cut um, you know to cut bits and pieces out with the wood, and then uh, you know etch. Um, you know, writing and and messages and uh, onto uh, onto the woods. So, uh, so, it was very cool. It's always nice to get out and about and see different ways that uh, people are using technology. Mm. All right, well, um, that's just about us for uh, for this episode. So, uh, thank you everybody for listening in. Um, now, Greg, you're a, a big user of um, uh, Process Street, and with our team here, and of course, Process Street are a sponsor uh, of the New Zealand. Tech podcast. Um, anything that you can uh, you can share that listeners might not be aware of about uh, about Process Street or any f- favourite thing? Well, it was cool because today I just was with uh,
1: one of our partners, one of our clients that we we work with, and they've just taken on Process Street recently, and they were very excited. Actually, it was really cool to you know they were very animated about they'd put all these processes into the system, and, and we're starting to now test them as live to see if their process is robust or they needed to make changes and because in Process Street it's so easy to make a change um, you can just keep improving it and that's what they were finding this week is they noticed they'd missed quite a few steps in their processes that they'd created last week, this week they actually tested them and then they wanted simply to rewrite them with those added processes and today we talked about before the process and after the process how you can even include those so it's not just the actual job but you know, it's that connection the with surrounding the, bits the and human pieces. element. Have yeah. you, you know, when you pass on that process, is there a connection with that person you're passing it to or that situation? And they hadn't thought about those things. So it was just good to be able to, you know, in the living world, when you create a process, if you. Consider all the aspects of it, and are able to include that in any process. You're going to get a much, you know, much better result. So yeah,
0: I think that continuous improvement um, that, that you mentioned is key because you know some organisations say, "Well, we'll just go and write down all our processes. We've got to capture what people do, so if they're away or you know whatever that, uh, that they can be followed, or they put them into Microsoft Word and so on." But you know, having them in a platform like Process Street, where you keep using them and you reuse them. And you know you run off these templates, but you want to make a change anytime. you can just click in, edit update the uh, the, the template so you can get going very, very quickly uh, with you know from documenting a process to it being put in put in use and you know one thing that that we recommend is you know the same people that have written the processes to use them as well, not just giving it to other people. Um, so it you know it ups the quality and the consistency for um yeah you know, the work that everyone delivers because we all know that we you know we can be forgetful and get sidetracked and so on and that's why you know in the mm. in the medical in the medical world even you know people that are uh, you know doctors that have done years and years and years of study as specialists you know they they follow checklists you know you don't want to oh yeah I forgot I left that pair of scissors inside somebody when I zipped them up again um, you know and and uh, you know I'm sure everyone listening can uh, re- relate to things in the technology world or whatever area of um, uh, you know their organization where mistakes have been made and uh, um, you know a process or a checklist could uh, could help out and uh, you know, also that ability to to pass things around so uh, you know other people in an organisation can do things. We've been doing that at the moment now. Uh, um, uh, Chrissy, who does a lot of our our ordering and you know quite yeah you know, key role that she performs within the business, she's uh, away, and so uh, you know it's been uh, it's been very helpful. That we're able to go in and and you know do some of those functions that she would normally uh, take care of, and anyone can go in and actually just follow the uh, the process. But I think
1: the benefit of that also is, is you know before you get these robust processes, and often you have to go and hire somebody when there's that gap in your business to keep it functioning. But if you if you utilize a tool like this, suddenly you know there's an opportunity then to be saving some real real coin, as they say. Um, because you're not having to hire that somebody for two weeks, because you you know you're confident that the system will hold up just with the team that you have so well,
0: and, and if you do hire someone that they've actually got the process to follow yeah, otherwise they they're not, they're not much good in a lot of cases <laughs> so uh, yeah no it is uh, it is good um, and um, now you've been involved with obviously setting these things up and now that's one of the services that uh, at Gorilla we're, we're offering and you know we've, we've noticed a lot of people come in and uh, obviously you know, New Zealand Tech Podcast listeners who have gone into nztechpodcast.com slash process street they've clicked through Signed up um, to try out uh, Process Street. Uh, lots and lots of people that have jumped on board uh, with the platform uh, that way. But one thing that we have noticed is a lot of people don't seem to be getting you know so so uh, so far with it, and uh, you know often that's just uh, too too busy. Not sure how to you know how to get rolling with it. So um, that that's something that you and the and the team here can help with absolutely, if uh, uh, anyone's listening and they've maybe had a little bit of a dab with process trip, and wondering about everything. Oh, I don't have time to to figure that that stuff out. Then um, there's people available who can, uh, you know, actually come and and offer that uh, um, their hands-on help yeah, with, with how to actually implement th- yes, and, and get it yep. u- utilized inside uh, um, inside an organization. Right. Absolutely. Good stuff. Excellent. All right. Thank you, Greg. Uh, it's been uh, it's been good to. Catch up, chat through these things we will have uh, we 'll have an episode. Uh, next week that's recorded here in Auckland too um, after that I'll be heading to uh, to San Francisco and uh, off to the US I'll be uh, expect to be at the Consumer Electronics show uh, in Las Vegas again now the last couple of years I haven't gone it's not the best time to be uh, travelling and away from family but uh, this year my family are going to be in the US so I'll be in the US too uh, so if all, all of that goes uh, according to plan um, then I'll also be be, uh, you know, as, as well as some other podcast content from the US, uh, we'll be talking through all the exciting announcements at uh, CES, uh, the Consumer Electronics Show, which is a huge, huge show, usually 150,000 people or so, uh, coming in to uh, Las Vegas uh, for that event and uh, announcements from, you know, little gadgets and smartphones and laptops through to uh, uh, new cars and technology. I think Toyota are one of those that are. Uh, Involved with uh, some of the keynote type uh, announcements this year, Uh, Ford are usually there every year, and and, you know a whole bunch of the automakers now. Uh, It wasn't that long ago there was just uh, you know maybe maybe one or two uh, that were there, but now it's uh, now they're really on board with um, uh, with the the tech and uh, and and making announcements to tech audiences sometimes ahead of announcements to the. um, I guess, the the automobile um, uh, media. So that should uh, should be a fun few days. And I'll look out to the business while you're having fun, Paul. Oh, thank you for that, Greg. <laughs> Much appreciated. Alright, hey, thanks everyone for listening in. You can trade me down uh, online uh, paulspain.com That address again, if you're interested in Process Street, is nztechpodcast slash process street. Uh, if you sign up through there uh, and you move from uh, their free pan to a plate a uh, paid plan uh then you get 10% discount for uh for life on process street so um nice little uh, added added benefit of uh of signing up that way uh yeah you can track me down also uh across uh, social media uh linkedin uh facebook and twitter are usually where i am greg where is the best place to track you down yeah, these you days you
1: can track me down on facebook or linkedin as well I those two platforms so and if you do, if you're listening, you think, "Yeah, I need just somebody to come alongside us and have a have a conversation around Process Street or any technology." Please just get hold of us.
0: Yep. So, um, and our email address format just first name uh, dot last name. So I'm Paul Spain at guerrillatechnology com, and uh Greg is Hutana. That's the one at guerrillatechnology com. All right. Hey, thanks everyone. Thanks for uh, for joining us again this week. Catch Cheers. you next week. Bye.